do want you to be prepared just in case something happens and you become unable to do your job. How is it and who is it that's going to take care of your baby, your business, your patients, the people and the things that you've worked so hard to build? That's what I want you to be thinking about. Welcome to The Clinical Entrepreneur, a business podcast that's dedicated to healthcare practitioners just like you who are hustling every day to build a business and a life you're proud of. Join me, Rhonda Nelson, as I share my own experiences and extract actionable advice from industry experts about what it takes to build and scale a profitable wellness practice. podcast and I've got another great episode for you today but fair warning this one's gonna get a little morbid just a bit we're just gonna be honest here so you may want to make sure that you have a pen and paper because I know you don't want to write down morbid things but what I'm gonna share with you in today's podcast could really make a huge difference in your practice under certain conditions so are you ready let's get started Here's my question to you. As you can see from the podcast title, it is a bit morbid, but heaven forbid, right? But if something were to happen to you, who would take care of things for you? Now you might say your husband, I'm married. My man is amazing. He is just amazing. He's all things. I want to help Rhonda do whatever she needs to do to be successful. He would say, yes, I'll do it. But here's the deal. He doesn't have a clue how. He wouldn't even know where to start because he doesn't know my business unless you work with your spouse. And there are a few people in my online community that have husband wife teams, but it's rare. Most of the time, if you are a solo practitioner or you might have one staff or you might be single doing this work and you have a bestie, now is when you want to be thinking about who's going to take care of things if something were to happen to you. Maybe you don't die but maybe you fall and you're in the ICU and you can't get out or you break your jaw and you can't talk. Like something happens and you literally cannot take care of your business. Who's going to be in charge? What do you want them to do? Do you want them to close your business? Do you want them to bring in another practitioner short term? You know, if something were to happen to you and you passed on, would you want them to give it to a family member, a friend or a spouse? Like what is it that you want? These are the things that you got to figure out right now before something tragic happens, because then it's a disaster. So I want to talk to you today about what you need to do in order to make that happen. So if you're driving, don't do this, but get a pen, get a paper. I'm going to rattle off quite a bit of stuff today and you are definitely going to want to take some notes. So I want you to think about it like this. This is how we're going to frame this up. All right. So let's just say you are minding your own business. You're riding your bicycle and you get clipped by a car on accident, of course, and over you go, head over tea kettle, and you're in the ditches, and you've got broken bones and a concussion, and you end up in the hospital for a few days. And in that scenario, you have a full day of patients the next day. Your rent is due in three days. You need to file payroll taxes in two days because it's the end of the month. And you have a supplement order that's due to arrive, and it's a big order, and it's going to be delivered, let's say, tomorrow. Under those circumstances, if you had someone that you could point to, would they know exactly what to do? In other words, who to pay the rent to, how to file the payroll taxes. Like, could they step in and do the work while you're recovering in the hospital? So this is what I want to talk to you about is how do we create the plan 
so that if something were to happen to you, you would have some kind of a succession. You would have a way to be able to pass it off and let things go on smoothly. So here's the things I want you to think about. First thing, get a document, Word document, Google document, however you wanna do it. And I want you to write down a list of all of your contact information. Now this is your close family, your children, any good friends, your pastor, your besties, people that are really in your inner circle. You wanna list all of their names, their phone numbers, their contact info, their emails, addresses, and their relationship to you. In other words, sister, daughter, you know, brother, husband, cousin, niece, nephew, aunt, uncle, whatever it is. So you wanna write that down first. Then on your list, probably one of those people on that list is gonna be the person that you're gonna appoint as the designated person who's responsible for taking control and delegating whatever needs to get done. Because remember, in my scenario, you are laid up, you are in the hospital. So we need to delegate one person. And of course that person needs to know, you don't wanna be having somebody call them on the day that you're in the hospital. You gotta have this conversation ahead of time. So now you've got your list of all these contact information for everybody that needs to know or may need to help you. The second thing you're gonna do now is create kind of a master document that has all the things that you need in order to keep the business going, right? So I'm gonna give you some things to kind of spur your thoughts. And I want you to think about this, like what would someone need to know to come in, sit in the chair and be me as best as they could? Well, probably someone needs to know your email address and your password to your email. So start there. You may want to jot down or log in information for like your CRM. That's where you send out your emails. So for most practitioners, it was going to be MailChimp or Constant Contact or Active Campaign or something like that. So you want those passwords. You're going to want to have a place where you have bank account information and password stored. Now that might feel a little funny to you. So maybe you want to save that for a spouse or one person that you really trust. But geez, if you're going to give the responsibility of your business to someone, you should be able to trust them. So bank accounts, credit card numbers, any kind of outstanding loans, leases, you know, student loans, anything like that. Whatever they need to do to go in and log in, access it, and be able to make payments or whatever needs to happen. Also, think about your accounting software. How would someone get into QuickBooks? For example, we use QuickBooks. So my designated person, she has all that information. Now she doesn't use it. She doesn't log in unless she needs to with the passwords that I gave her. But you want somebody to be able to log into your accounting software. Any kind of state or federal tax logins. So if you have, for instance, sales tax that you have to pay in your state or state payroll taxes where you have to log in. So you want that kind of information. Sales tax I mentioned, I'm looking at my list here. Any vendors or suppliers, like the supplement order that's coming, so you may wanna write down all of the vendors that you have, maybe the phone number, so someone could get in contact with your rep if they needed to. What about like just a general list of your monthly expenses? You know, who you pay what to, even like insurance company. You'd wanna jot all that down. And then also on your list, your master document, this is like your, you know, emergency 911, if you have to come in and, run the business, this is everything that you need to know. I would add a section that has the list of important names of professionals or other key people that may be able to help if needed. Someone that your designated person could maybe lean on. So that might be your spouse, might be 
like a banker or a landlord. If you had to get in touch with a landlord and say, hey, listen, we're going to get the rent to you or, you know, I'll get it to you. Tell me where to mail it because you don't have all the information. So a landlord would be one insurance agent, maybe accountant or lawyer might even be vendors or banker, something like that. So kind of key people in your world that may be able to help in the event that, you know, you can't speak, you're in a coma, you're all head banged up in the hospital. Who is it that's going to have all this information and they're going to be able to jump in and keep the thing going as much as possible. And then you're going to want to write out instructions specifically. So now up to this point, we've collected all this information. It's going to take you a little bit of time to do, but it's well, well worth it. I have this document for myself and my businesses. I'll explain that a little bit more here in a minute, but it takes time to put this together. But once you have it all put together, it's done. Now, the last thing on your list is you want a very specific list of what you want the person to do. So let's say that you're in a coma. You're going to be in a coma for however long, maybe two weeks, a month, you're sick, whatever. You want to be very specific about what you want to have happen. First person to contact is this. Second might be to call a colleague or this is where networking really pays off. Like know the people in your community. Know who you can count on, who you can trust, who can come in and help out. If you're a chiropractor, who's another chiropractor that you might be able to pass some patients off to or ask that person to come in and adjust one day a week? Whatever it is, lean on your network of practitioners and other clinicians in your local community. So you want to be very specific about the instructions. Like, I just want you to let the patients know that I'm incapacitated, tell them I love them, and I'll let them know when I'm back. If that rolls for you, great, you do that. But it might be that you want to be a little bit more, oh, I don't want to say politically correct, but you want to create a little bit more of a conversational email with your patients. So just let them know, hey, listen, you know, it's from your designated person, you know, doctor so-and-so has been injured and is not going to be able to practice for the next six weeks, broken hip, broken leg, full body cast, whatever it is. And you want to let the patients know and you want to give them options. Maybe that's what you want to do. Maybe there's a health coach. If you're in functional medicine as a primary part of your practice, maybe there's a local health coach that can come in and you can kind of work with the person. If you're in a full body cast, you should still be able to talk. So you may be able to navigate that. Think of the different scenarios that you may be facing and how you want your designated person to handle them. How will they send it out via email? Well, they're going to need logins to your CRM, right? They're going to need logins to MailChimp. So think about what you want them to do. Make sure you contact X. Let the landlord know. Be sure that you pay payroll taxes at the end of every quarter. Okay, I want you to think about this in a six-month window. So what are the things that you would want that designated person to do for you over the next six months? Just think that through. You're going to pay sales tax at the end of the month. Let's say it's due monthly in your area, in your state. Maybe it's due quarterly. Then write that down. What is it that you want them to do? What happens to the cash in your bank account? Does it sit there? Is there enough money? Do you have a savings account that you need to let them know about? I just want to get your brain kind of thinking this direction about how you can create this document. So this is the just in case I'm incapacitated document and my instructions, kind of like a will, except I don't want to talk about dead here because I don't like that. That's not a good conversation. I don't want that to happen to you, but I do want you to be prepared. 
just in case something happens and you become unable to do your job. How is it and who is it that's going to take care of your baby, your business, your patients, the people and the things that you've worked so hard to build? That's what I want you to be thinking about. So start by making a list of the most important people, contact information, all of that for the people in your world that are the most important friends, close family, close relatives, BFFs, that kind of thing. Then make a list of your vendors, get all as many of your passwords down as you can, all the things that you can think of, just keep it on a master document, and then make sure that you have a list of the people that might be able to help, like accountant, lawyer, banker, you know, a rep, your insurance agent, that sort of thing. And then lastly, write down the specific instructions the way that you want it done. So now I'm going to tell you why this subject came up. It was probably maybe six or nine months ago. I was having a staff meeting with my team and they are amazing. I've just an amazing group of women that work with me. And I don't remember what we were talking about, but in the middle of the meeting, something came up about, well, what if me, what if I, Rhonda, like what if something happened? And one of my team said, what would happen if you die? And she wasn't being unkind, but it's funny because she said that and I had been thinking the same thing. Not that I'm trying to die over here, but I was thinking, I've got these people that I'm responsible for. So I started to think about, well, I've got money set aside to take care of their pay for three months. That is a non-negotiable. I have that money set aside. So I know for three months I could take care of them while they might be out looking for another job. But I also need them to help me or help my husband, who's my designated person, be able to wrap this thing up. And I know it's morbid. We don't want to talk about it. But listen, it's life. You don't know. Tomorrow is just a guess. You don't know if you're going to be given tomorrow. We got to live today like today's the last day and plan that it's the last day. So what are we going to do today to make sure that if we get to live tomorrow and we have a great life for the next 10 or 20 years, wonderful. But what if my number is up? My ticket gets pulled and God says, eh, that's it. This is our last day. I want to make it as easy as I can on my friends and my family, whether I'm out for the long haul or I'm just unable to work. So when you can get these kinds of things prepared, which my team, once they said that, I went, okay, we need to make an exit strategy. So I designated my special person in the team that's going to communicate with Rick, my husband. And so now there's actually two of them for me, a staff person that knows all the things about the business. And then she will communicate with Rick, my husband, if anything were to happen to me. And I know exactly how I want the business closed down. I know exactly how I want my team to be taken care of. It's all written out. And I want you to have the same thing. And then as I wrap it up, just revisit it every six months. It doesn't do you any good to write all this down. And then you forget your password and something changes or you use a new software. Just make sure you go back and you revisit it every six months, a note on your calendar or your planner that at six months, you just want to go back and review it, delete any vendors that you're not using, add new ones. Maybe your rep has changed. Maybe your bank account has changed. You know, maybe your insurance has changed or you have a staff change and you want to do things a little bit differently. Maybe you hired your first staff person and you want to handle things a little differently. So just revisit it every six months. And that way you, your family, your loved ones can be sure that they know exactly what you want them to do. And at the end of the day, your patients are well taken care of, as will be your business. So 
I didn't mean to go all morbid on you, but this is just one of those conversations. It's kind of like talking to your parents as they're getting older. You have to kind of have the conversation like, what do you want? How do you want me to bury you? Oh, hard conversation. But it's one that we have to have. So just keeping it real over here, friends. That's what we're doing. So I hope this is helpful for you. If you need any help with your business in any way, you're always welcome to reach out and let me know. Lastly, before I go, just a quick heads up that I am going to be teaching the Functional Blood Chemistry webinar all day, one day, I guess a seminar, and I would love to have you part of it. And all you have to do to register, get on the wait list, because we've got some super cool free stuff happening for those that are on the wait list. It's kind of a cool deal, let me tell you. Go to rondanelson.com forward slash FBC. And that's where you can jump in, get in early, because there is a ton of free resources we're dropping every single week that will help you integrate functional blood chemistry in your practice and get you ready for the webinar. All right, friends, that's it. Take care. Have an awesome week. I'll see you back next week on the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast. 